Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fastemai, you're listening to Spotlight with me, Sarah Hendy. On the programme this week, Chair of the Manx Amateur Drama Federation joins us to talk about the One Act Play Festival. We have an opportunity for visual artists to represent the Isle of Man this summer and we'll be speaking to artist Elaine Robinson about the unique art project she took to UK Parliament. Do get in touch if there's anything creative you want to share. The email address is spotlight at manxradio.com and if you miss anything today, you can listen again or subscribe to the show as a podcast via iTunes, Google and Spotify and you'll find the Spotlight blog on the Manx Radio website. Sharon Walker, Chair of the Manx Amateur Drama Federation, is our first guest today and she's here to tell us what's coming up on the Federation's calendar that we can look forward to. quite a few things happening so we have the one act play festival happening um next week so 13th to the 16th of february at king's court theater down at kwc it's our second year there and um, we're really excited actually because we spent a lot of time learning from last year's first time experience so hopefully this time for both the audience and the teams it'll be a little bit more smooth we're really really excited because um it's my certainly for me it's my first time as chair I've always been on the other side of so I've competed I've acted or directed or written as you know so actually to be part of organizing it has been quite exciting um, I'm reading through everybody's plans and what they're, they're they're aiming to do is is quite exciting so this weekend we've got our weekend of technical rehearsals with them and I'm just so looking forward to seeing what everybody has done with their plays we have six plays in total Uh, We have a dark night on Thursday, but two on Wednesday, two on Friday, two on Saturday. Um, And range from Alan Aitbourne, Alan Bennett to uh, Lisa Crichton has has put in another cell. I don't know how she manages to do it. She seems to manage to write at least one play every year. I think she's fantastic. So really looking forward to seeing what service are doing with that. So, um, yeah, it should be a really great weekend. And then on the Sunday, we have the young actor of man competition and we have 11 finalists this year so we're just running the competition on one day so that'll be at Balakameen school at the studio theater there from 1 30 um, we've got a fantastic adjudicator coming over for both competitions a gentleman called Chris Baglin who um, has been a professional actor himself but also is a member of the magic circle so I'm really hoping we'll get to see a really different perspective um, and he's on sort of on the younger scale of adjudicators as well so um and and that in itself is just a a, a brilliant opportunity and experience for anybody competing regardless of whether you win or or not just the experience of getting that feedback um is really important and really helps you grow as a an actor or a performer or a writer or even a director i remember i did my first um direction a couple of years ago and I was really lucky I had two fantastic actors but I learned so much from what the adjudicator had to say um, that really inspired me to move forward and then look at doing the perfect gentleman and 
I don't think I'd have had the confidence to do that if I hadn't had that first experience. And originally, I hadn't planned on writing a play. I was actually looking for another play to direct and I couldn't find anything I liked. So I thought, I'll just write something. How hard can it be? And actually, as it turned out, if you've got a fantastic story, it's really easy to do. Um, And we were so unprepared for the response to it as well I, you know, I never thought in a million years that we'd win let alone win so many trophies as we did last year but it was just a, an overwhelming experience really and it's meant that we've been able to take the story of, of the perfect gentleman Cyril Walker not just to here in the Isle of Man but over to Saltburn we were able to perform it again at the Manx Museum during, during the Armistice Days commemoration so it's actually that play's been with us for a whole year where actually at the time when we I wrote it I thought well we'll do it on the night see how it goes and that'll be it so um and it's it's led to so many other opportunities as well so um I'm really hoping people will come and enjoy what they see but I'm hoping that it will just inspire other people to get involved and do something a bit different and something that will challenge them just as it does for the young actor of man you know some of those their children are quite young when they start and they will repeat their um, competition entries and you know some of them will come in and be amazing they're all all amazing but some of them will you know achieve very well the first go at it but others will come back and say learn from the experience that the, and the um, comments that they get from the adjudicator which means that when they come back the next time they're even stronger and they're even better and it's amazing to see that journey in a young person so really excited about that Finally, we'll have the Easter Festival plays um, at the end of April. In March, we're actually trying something a bit different. We're putting on a performance in Pints Evening um, just at the British. And the idea for that is for people to come along and just have a go at performing like you would do with karaoke. But you just get up and bring a, a scripted piece with you, a monologue, a poem. You can sing if you want. Anything that is performance based just again to give people the opportunity of doing different things wow because that's the spirit of um the manx amateur drama federation it's sort of inclusivity and that nurturing environment so sounds like the perfect setup it's almost like a like an open mic maybe if absolutely absolutely so when we will be pushing it through um a one act play festival next uh, next week but we'll be advertising a little bit more on our facebook page afterwards but yeah it is it's like an open mic type of thing but there's no competition or anything it's just come along um do something a bit different um interestingly enough how kane has always been really keen to come and do theater of the absurd somewhere so i'm really hoping that this will be he doesn't know it yet but i'm really hoping <laughs> that he'll come and and have a go at you know at, at that there it's just as you say to give a different perspective absolutely mad for um you know, is, has traditionally been known for putting on the festivals, but we want to be so much more than that. We want to encourage different people and different ways of performing. And so we thought this would be a good way of trying something new, not just for us, but the people who we'd like to come along and perform as well.
I mean, there's so much coming up. Where can people find out more and all the details about each of these events? So our website, we're really, really lucky. We've got Emma Quirk on board as our as our um, web coordinator now. So I'm absolutely delighted. So there's lots of information on our website. Our Facebook page has all the information with regard to the One Act Play Festival and the Young Actor of Man. Um, and as I say, we'll be continuing to post updates on there. So if you like our page, you'll get all our updates. So on all the different things that we're looking to do. Um, as I say, finally, the Easter Festival of Plays will be happening um, from the Saturday after Good Friday all the way through to the following Friday. We've got five plays from across, and actually a local play this year as well from uh, Russian players, which will be fantastic. Uh, and again, as, as new chair, I'm really excited about being involved on the on the other side of, of, of the stage as such and just seeing how the whole thing um, pulls together. We've got, we're really, really lucky that we've got Andy Simpson coming on board as our stage manager for the first time. Um, so it'll be great to see how he, how he gets on as well. So um, it will be another fantastic week of drama. We just, you know, we'd just be delighted for everybody to come and have a, have a look and, and see what we're doing really. We've been really well supported with people like Russian players have, have got two plays in. Rachel Jockin's in one of those, so I'm expecting her to get a hat trick on her best actress. Wow, yeah. Yeah, she's obviously done really, really well. It's really weird actually not being involved from a performance perspective because this is probably the first time in a long time that neither John or myself are involved at all. But because we went away and got married congratulations on that um instead in december instead of normally we'd be rehearsing for yeah. something um we, we we're not this year but it's to be honest it's probably just as well because there's so much that you just don't realize how much goes into actually organizing the logistics of a festival to making sure yeah. that people have got the right nights and they're able to get in to do their technical rehearsals make sure they've got their licenses make sure the cast is okay and all of that sort of stuff there's actually quite a lot involved there mm. um we're really really lucky in terms of a committee the, the, there's a fantastic group of people there who are you know all work really really hard and I think people forget that you know everybody's a volunteer as well um, and when you look around at some of the other sort of bigger groups and bigger events that get get organized the fact that we managed to put on two fantastic festivals of drama as well as trying to do some of the other work that we're trying to do I think we do pretty well really and of course, you do receive a lot of support from the Alaman Arts Council as well. Absolutely. Um, they are a tremendous support to us. Um, you know, there have been some years that we couldn't do what we wanted to do without them. So we are very, very grateful. Um, and particularly next year when we're looking at um, hosting the British All Winners final here. And it's our 70th year of putting festivals on as well. And so the Arts Council have been very, very supportive in helping us with that. So we're very excited about that happening. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, you may have heard me speaking to Christy De Haven on the Sunday soundtrack a couple of weekends ago, opening the call for artists to represent the Isle of Man at this year's Inter-Celtic Festival in Lorion. You have until Thursday the 28th of February to send four examples of your work to sjhendy at gmail.com. A link for that is on the Spotlight blog. 
Although the exhibition cannot feature works for sale, it's an unrivaled opportunity to celebrate and share our unique Celtic culture with the world. It's a privilege to be invited as a nation, so it's our time to shine and show the world what's going on creatively on the Isle of Man. The festival lasts for 10 days, with the exhibition lasting for one week, and the selected artist is encouraged to attend the whole festival, though full attendance is not necessary. If you're thinking of applying, you should be able to travel to the festival for the exhibition setup and exhibition opening, but may decide to return home before the end of the festival. There will be artist representation from each of the Celtic nations and they are asked to spend time with their display during the afternoon opening hours to meet and greet visitors and lovely interpreters will be there at all times if your French is a bit rusty. The festival will cover the artist's transport and accommodation plus some meals and an entry pass to the public areas of the festival. All of these details and more are available on the Spotlight blog but to give you a flavour of this incredible festival, here is last year's artist, Janet Lees. It was um, the most incredible experience. I, um, I don't think anything really could have prepared me for it. I was uh, sharing the space with the artist from Scotland and luckily we got on really well. She's quite mad and um, we had a great time. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other nations are a lot bigger than the Isle of Man so that in itself is quite a daunting thought but um, but it is it's a fantastic exhibition space it's a really professional exhibition space and um, it was just the most incredible experience to do a, a proper full-scale exhibition in such an amazing space and the festival itself is just completely mind-blowing you know there's wild music everywhere there's music in all the all the different stages the pavilions in the streets it's just like nothing else on earth. And although at the Eurocelltic exhibition um, at the festival, you're not able to sell the works you take with you, and I mean, there's a considerable cost involved in preparing work for exhibition the way that you did. Do you, do you feel like it paid off? I know that this is a classic situation of, oh yeah, it's not a paid job, but the exposure is fantastic. Do you, do you feel like in this situation it was worth your while? It was a real... Um, a turning point for me I think as an artist because I've never had a solo exhibition before I've had pieces of work in various exhibitions and shows and anthologies with my writing and stuff like that but I've never had as a visual artist uh, a solo exhibition so it was incredible and I had fantastic feedback from people I made some really good contacts through it who I'm still in touch with now and I actually came back and, and had an exhibition at Noah Bakehouse in the autumn uh, and I did make sales through that and made some good sales, which was amazing and really gratifying. And I'm taking part in another exhibition this year. I've had work since in exhibitions in London. I think it gave me, it gave me great contacts. It gave me the ability to make sales afterwards, which was fantastic. But more than anything, it gave me confidence because of the feedback I had, not only from visitors, which was at times it was quite profound feedback um, which really touched me deeply and, and gives you a great sense of connection as well with people but also from the other artists and um, professionals who are at the festival so to have positive feedback from your peers from different nations is really priceless you know and confidence you can't buy confidence so yeah it's taken me into a different space as, as a creative and as an artist really. 
You said that a lot of the responses you got from um, from your peers and also from visitors were quite profound. There were some quite emotional exchanges. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that kind of started those conversations, the work that you exhibited at the festival? Okay, um, I took a series of abstract kind of photographs. That, I guess you'd call it art photography. Um, it's not photography in the traditional sense, really. So they're very abstract kind of images, but with recognisable aspects of reality in them. And also I took, um, each image was paired with a poem, that one of my poems. And I also had a showreel of uh, poetry films, video poetry, which is quite an interesting genre in itself. So there was quite a good mix. And even though, um, obviously a lot of the French visitors, if they didn't speak English, they couldn't necessarily understand the poems. Um, they still seem to get the feeling from the images and that was what really touched me more than anything because when I take those images and when I make them I have a very strong feeling in my mind and in my heart about what, what it means to me or what, what I see in that image and a lot of people did seem to get that as well and there was one woman who said to me you show me your soul and uh, and that's an incredible thing, it's priceless. And that really made me cry, actually. <laughs> um, and if for people who are looking to apply this year, do you have any top tips, any little pearls of, wisdoms, pearls of wisdom to spill? Um, which, because, because it is such an intense experience, are there any things that you think could make it easier for the next person who goes along to the festival to represent the island? I would say take earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the, the pipes are great and the bombards are fantastic. You know, the, it, was, it started off as a piping festival and the music is amazing. But, you know, it, it is all the time. And uh, if you want to get some sleep, depending on where you're staying, you might need earplugs. Um, that was a piece of advice given to me and I'm very glad that I took them. Um, also, I think because it is so intense and you, it depends on the kind of person you are. But um, for me, I can't be with people you know 24 7 I just can't I need my space and I need some solitude so I think it's good to to carve out some time for yourself as well I went to a, a couple of you know different towns for instance I had a couple of days off and or a couple of afternoons off and went to um, a neighboring town called Van which was absolutely beautiful so to be able to get away from it is quite important as well you know whether you actually take yourself away from the town or just to a different space that might be quieter or something I think that's quite important and tell us about the work that you've gone on to produce since the festival. You've got some rather exciting new things going on now in your, uh, in your work. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, still doing, uh, I'm still doing photography and kind of experimenting with that similar kind of images. And obviously I'm still writing, um, which I'll always do, I think. And I've been making some more video poems, which they're just like little short, abstract, weird films, really and I've taught myself how to edit them properly, which is amazingly liberating, so I'm just making those at the moment. And I'm also I'm doing a new series of images um, with collage, so I'm, using, I'm putting text into the images but using collage, so I'm really enjoying that, it's great. Just remind us where we can see more examples of your work and keep up to date with, um, with what you're up to at the moment. Um, yeah, Instagram is probably the best place, actually. I'm a bit of an Instagram addict. I don't really stop. I, just, I probably post far too much, but I do put a lot of my work there. So Instagram, um, I'm on there. Janet Lee's 2001 is my tag. And then also on Vimeo, and 
probably it's just Janet Lee's on Vimeo, I think, if you Google that. I've got my lot of my video stuff there. by the Isle of Man Arts Council. And someone whose work has been inspiring many of late is Elaine Robinson from Barrow in Furness. She's been travelling the length and breadth of the United Kingdom, creating a -a one-of-a-kind collaborative work with people from all walks of life. Well, I started in 2015, Sarah. Um, I, I went to... Um, a a Royal Academy exhibition of uh, Peter Rubens and whilst I was in this exhibition I had this most incredible feeling um, where I I only felt a fingerprint away from him you know like the the idea that he'd put a fingerprint in the paint and because I I look at time and our relation to time um, and document time I got really excited by the idea that I had to make this large fingerprint of unity um, called Spot Time Spot Time and so I started and I, I was thinking, how can I get a wide spectrum of everybody from lots of different backgrounds? And, you know, I knew that if I invited people to come to me, I would get a whole section of society that wouldn't attend. Um, so I started doing that whole idea of um, walkabout. Um, and I, I went from um, a more economically deprived area of a city into the city centre, into this, you know, where the t- people talk and shop, etc and come from the wider outside parts of um, a city and then I go to a more affluent part of a city and um, I ask people for their fingerprints and how they feel about identity, handing over their fingerprint, that sort of thing. And um, I wanted to work with outreach as well and I wanted parliamentary presence and... um, and I knew it wouldn't be a finished work unless I had all of those things. So um, fortunately, I've got parliamentary presence now and I can continue going around the cities, hopefully with enough media attention to help me, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a unique project. I've never seen anything quite like this before. So, I mean, congratulations on coming up with this oh, wonderful thank idea. thank you, Sarah. Um, oh. I, I'm, wondering, I'm really curious about how people felt about handing over their fingerprints and, and particularly the reactions you got from um, different people from different parts of the cities and, and the, the people whose fingerprints you took in Parliament as well. Well, um, you know, I think... You can't you can't be very definite because I'm not a researcher, you know, but I, you know, I have a sense of feeling because I've done quite a few cities now. Um, it's it's an age thing as well. Certainly people who are 40 plus, 50 plus, I wouldn't say everyone by any stretch of the imagination, but they're more reticent about handing over their fingerprint because they remember a time before the digital arena and where privacy was much more enhanced in many ways. Whereas the younger generation are quite happy and they're like, you know, how many fingerprints do you want? You know, I don't have any qualms about handing over my fingerprint. And also I've noticed a massive difference between um, when people are extraordinarily wealthy, they're not wanting to hand over their fingerprints. Um, But when they're comfortable, they're quite happy to hand over their fingerprints because they've got so much anyway. But the lesser person has... um, and I mean, you know, when they live on the streets, they're not really that comfortable at handing it over. But when I explained it was a fingerprint of unity, 
and had long conversations, then they were happy to be sort of anonymous, sat-by-side people. So again, it's, it's how much conversation they have and want. But I, most people I have found, apart from one or two quite severe exceptions in terms of not wanting to be culturally alongside someone, um, which I noticed after the referendum, sadly, um, you know, most people want to be a fingerprint of unity. They want they want that they want to be closer than this division at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I can I can imagine this must be a really mm. powerful uh, project to take part in, where people really are sort of I don't know. I suppose yes. you're opening people up to their innermost vulnerabilities in in a way. Yes, um, you are. And yes. I'm I'm wondering everybody's everybody's contribution is unique. How do these um, fingerprints build up into the overall picture you're you're trying to oh. form? Well, thank you. Um, each each panel that um, I've walked around with, I just feel it on the day and I, I either do two circles or three circles of different sizes to indicate the shape of cells and then I put my own fingerprints in black around those those lines um, and then I'm able to ask people for their fingerprints and initially on the first walkabout I actually gave out small I wanted it to be on the first one because I knew that you know if they kept hold of those they would be very valuable to them one day, but I did. I gave away my own fingerprints, um, and whilst I, when people have put all of their fingerprints down, I'm going to cut round them and place each city in a clear rosin, you know, like the resin from a tree, oh, yeah. to preserve time, and and then it's just literally going to be one day hung on on a wall. Um, you know, next to each other, it is a massive fingerprint of unity. To to, we're all alongside each other. It's a UK fingerprint, and we're all the same. But it's actually documenting this social change, this time in history where where we're moving over to a, a digital arena, and at the same time we're all being forced to be together and the same, all the information being taken from us, and yet we're all so incredibly unique, and it's asking people to think about that. Um, but really, on paper and side by side, we're all the same, which is which was wonderful in Parliament, you know, because whilst all that division was happening in chambers, they were coming up from chambers and placing their fingerprint alongside each other on the panel. It was wonderful. And that's all we have time for this week. I'll be back next Wednesday for Spotlight's 100th episode, so do join me at half past five. But in the meantime, find details of all of this week's features on the Spotlight blog and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Google and Spotify to make sure you don't miss a thing. Have a lovely creative week. Slend you.